The download is complete. Welcome to the AV Podcast, presented by Jason Bradbury and Phil Hinton. Welcome to the Hardware AV Podcast for the 22nd of November 2006. Coming up, we've got the latest audio-visual news. I continue my behind-the-scenes look at the Gadget Show, and the AV Forums team reviews the Samsung K5 MP3 player and reveal their choices for this Christmas's must-have MP3 players. This week's, this week's audio-visual news. HD DVD launches on time in Japan, but hits a serious delay in the UK. Your choice? A BMW M3 Coupe or the best in home cinema projection? Or how about some micro surround sound from JMO? It seems that HD DVD will have a very late arrival in the UK stores before Christmas, as Toshiba confirmed it has found a minor fault on the UK machines, which were due for launch this month. Because the reliability issue with an outsourced serial interface component was discovered during final product testing, this means that the HD E1 is now due mid-December, with the high-end HD XE1 player not due until January. Toshiba stated that the company will not release any product in the UK until the component at fault can be replaced. However, it's not all bad news, especially if you reside in Japan, as Toshiba has confirmed the launch of its second-generation HD DVD players from the end of December. The Japanese models HD XF2 and HD XA2 decks are compatible with Dolby Digital Plus, Dolby True HD and DTS HD sound formats, as well as linear PCM 5.1 channel audio. In addition to the 1080p video for high definition discs, the players will also upscale normal standard definition DVDs to 720p and 1080i on both models, with a further 1080p option on the XA2. The high-end machine will also have HDMI 1.3 output supporting deep colour technology, which will improve colour tones and finer gradations of colour. So, with HD DVD due in December and Blu-ray available now, what's the best screen to use with high definition? We suggest you consider the new SIM2 Grand Cinema HT5000 3-chip DLP projector. It employs a trio of Texas Instruments recently introduced 0.95-inch 1080p Dark Chip 3 DMD chipsets and delivers a contrast ratio of 5000 to 1 from its 300-watt lamp. A dual lamp configuration is also available and both come as standalone units or in tandem with SIM2's acclaimed DigiOptic image processor. What's more, the projector can also be ordered with an anamorphic lens to allow true cinemascope projection on screens as large as 5 metres wide. The AV podcast was fortunate enough to witness the HT5000 in action as a working prototype at the What Hi-Fi and Best of Stuff show this month. And the image quality on a 12-foot 2.35 to 1 screen was astounding and convinced us CRT projection users that digital projectors have finally arrived. In our chat with Sim2, which you can hear in the What Hi-Fi and Stuff Report podcast, Sim2 managed to coolly tell us that this new reference product would only cost £30,000 in normal configuration and £35,000 with the optional anamorphic lens. So you've got a choice, a new 3 Series BMW Coupe or the Sim2 HT5000. 
we know which one we'd go for. So with the SIM 2 in your shopping trolley, you'll need some kind of calibration tool to make sure your HD picture is the best it can be. We all know that any display device out of the box needs to be calibrated for correct grayscale, contrast and colour settings. With this in mind, cable and accessories manufacturer Monster have teamed up with the Imaging Science Foundation to introduce the Monster Stroke ISF Calibration Wizard DVD. The disc is hosted by Jenna Dre and Noel Lee and the presentation includes a step-by-step -step video walkthrough with no intimidating test patterns or complicated programming or any requirement for extra equipment. This calibration DVD is available now for around £20. And finally, for those of us not lucky enough to have the space for a lavish Cinemascope system and full surround sound setup, you can now get a surround sound system which takes up less space than a micro hi-fi. Danish home theatre company JMO has announced the release of the S260HCS 2.1. It's a surround system incorporating two small speaker cubes, a subwoofer and a DVD player, which will play all formats including DivX. The Stylish Lifestyle product incorporates a pseudo surround processor, which is claimed to fool the ears into believing you're listening to a full seven speaker system. We doubt that any serious AV fan would use this product as their main system, but as a lifestyle product, and with a price of under £500, it's certainly a product that can be used as a bedroom system. Join the discussion at Europe's largest home cinema website. Log in to avforums.com. Many of our listeners will be aware of the HD format war about to hit UK shores in the next few weeks. Well, to combat some of the misinformation that surrounds the upcoming formats, Guildford-based PJ Hi-Fi will be hosting two special HD DVD insider chats for AV Forums members on Wednesday the 20th of December. The AV podcast will be on hand during both sessions and will be reporting on the outcome for all those who can't attend on the day, including interviews with the organisers and attendees. With special guests from Microsoft and a chance to see the format in one of the UK's best demo rooms, tickets for these sessions are likely to go fast. So keep an eye on our HD DVD forums for more details as they're posted. With more gadgets than Q Branch. The name is Bob, James Bob. This is the AV Podcast. It's clear that one of the year's must-have Christmas presents will be an MP3 player. These nifty little gadgets continue to get smaller yet hold more music and video than ever before. So this week Phil Hinton and Seth Gecko review the Samsung K5 and also discuss the must-have MP3 players of choice for this festive season. This week's Gadget Review. So for this week's Gadget Review, we've been lucky enough to have our hands on the Samsung K5 MP3 player. The K5 is a rather sleek looking MP3 player which comes with slidable speakers which means you don't have to connect any other accessories for you and your friends to listen to the music. It also comes with a set of headphones and a nifty software application cataloguing all your MP3 tracks. So what's the unit like to use? Well to be honest with you I've had it out at work with me for the last three weeks and subjecting it to all kinds of weather and environments. First of all is the commute to work, and with my cassette player not working in the car, it was ideal to flip the K5 open and listen to music on the way to work. Sound is not overly dynamic or overly loud, however if you like background tunes while you drive or while you work, using it in this setting is certainly pleasing. 
Connecting up the headphones which come with the unit was rather disappointing. There's not much in the way of dynamics or bass extension, even when flicking between the different sound effects options. I found that the 3D sound option worked best with the accompanying headphones. However, when I plugged in my reference Sennheiser headphones, this little player transformed itself with a nice full dynamic and bass-heavy sound. Using the unit is very easy, and I passed it around my work colleagues, who all managed to get it started up and selecting tracks within at least 5 minutes, and most of the people I work with are in the 30s or 40s, so certainly not technical geeks of any kind. Build quality on the player is also very good and rugged. I have to admit, and... I hope Samsung's not listening to this, that I did drop this thing three or four times. However, not a scratch on it, and it booted up straight away. Memory's not huge. It certainly won't compete with the bigger iPods and Zoom players with only one gigabyte of memory. However, I managed to squeeze on 174 tracks, which were encoded at 192 kilobits per second. So what's my initial impressions after using this machine for 3 or 4 weeks now? Well, I'm really impressed. The RRP is £99, but looking around the internet you can pick it up for as little as 77 quid. There's also other features as well as the MP3 player. You can store photographs and flick through them on the screen, and also has an FM radio built in. However, as much as I tried, I could not get any stations to tune into the player, which was rather disappointing. The ergonomics of the unit are rather pleasing, with the touch controls on the front screen, which work every time you press them, which can't be said for some of the more expensive MP3 players on the market. So overall, I've been quite pleased with this player, and during our trip to the What Hi-Fi and Best of Stuff show with Seth Gecko. I handed him the unit to have a little bit of a play with. So what did you think, Seth? I actually quite liked it. It's not a particularly heavy unit. Um, the weight of it is only 106 grams, and it's pretty small. Um, the dimensions are about 98 by 48 um, millimeters. So we were talking a really, really small unit. The sound quality from the headphones that you were using uh, on the day, which were the ones that came with it, was pretty impressive. And when we flicked it open for the actual um, speakers that was built into it, the sound again was pretty pleasing. And don't forget, unlike a lot of the MP3 um, players out there, not only does it have um, you know the ability to play MP3s, it also allows you to play WMA, OGG, and ASF music files. And unlike, say, the Sony's or the iPods out there, you don't actually need to have any proprietary software um, you can just send them down via USB 2 apparently as you said you've got the one gig unit you can actually go get a two gig or a four gig and the, the one that you've got was the the black unit apparently there is a pink version as well um, although I'm not really sure if uh, yeah pink handset is particularly great yeah I don't think I would suit pink somehow Seth no I, I just can't see you walking around in with a pink unit at all. One, one, um, of the, one of the funny things, and I've got to bring this up, was um, when I was passing it around my work colleagues, um, one of them turned around and said, uh, these MP3 players, they're just, um, you know, posh Walkmans. <laughs> That's an interesting description. I, I yeah. think it's a little bit more than that. Yeah, he, um, w- he wasn't too impressed to start with. However, you know, once he'd had a play about with it, and it is quite um, in- intuitive once you get going with it, he was more than impressed with it. Um, and I had to fight to get back off him after a while. 
Well, I would have thought that you know, again on the on a budget. I mean, it's basically the one gig one is competing with sort of the iPod Nanos for the same kind of money. You've got a full color um, OLED display in there, and it's about what two inches in size and battery life. Th about thirty hours is sort of yeah. The, the, the I commuted in the manual. Yeah, I commuted to London twice, which was uh, four hours each way, without having to charge the unit up, and um, it still had half half the battery uh, symbol showing, which I thought was amazing. And it's got a nice little um, graphic equaliser as well built into the actual unit. So if you you know want to really tweak your settings compared to some of the other ones, you know it's like base, and you just turn it on and off. Um, you've actually got quite a, 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 a was it a five-band graphic that you can play around with? Yeah, there's a, a five-band graphic graphic equaliser in there, and I found when using the the stereo speakers which are built in, I found the bass mode uh, the best mode to use it in. However, with the headphones, like I said earlier on, with the headphones that come with the unit, uh, the best setting was the 3D uh, s sound option. However, when I was using the Sennheisers, which I used to mix the podcast, sound quality was, was far better. And basically, basically, this player's got some great dynamics. Certainly, it was reaching the highs, it was reaching the lows, and, and sounded really good. But I, I would recommend buying a, a, another set of headphones, not the ones that come with the player, which are, are, are those horrible in-ear experience things, which I just can't get along with. I think I have to agree with you on that one, Phil. Most of the um, MP3 players out there, with one exception, I think, and that was a, a, an iRiver MP3 player, have got absolutely awful headphones. The actual iRiver actually came with a pair of um, earbud-based Sennheiser headphones, which was quite nice. But, you know, as you say, the build of it, even though you've uh, uh, accidentally dropped it once or twice, the unit's made of magnesium, so it's going to be quite a strong unit as well. And I think, to be honest, my little favourite feature is the fact that you can use it as an alarm. You can basically set the MP3 to wake you up, um, so it's a really good travel type of unit. You know, if you want to take an alarm clock and you want to take an MP3 player, you could just take this. Yeah, the only other thing I will mention is the size. Compared to some of the other um, larger iPods and so on, it is rather nifty and small. And there's a few times where I, I thought I'd actually lost the thing, but it was buried deep in my pockets. So size-wise. Uh, when it's folded up, it's great, um, easy to use, not too heavy. It's about the size of a, um, a small mobile phone and um, about the same weight as well. So from myself, I haven't played about with it. Looking at the price, it's it's under 100 quid for the one gig version. I think this gets an AV Forum's best buy in that price bracket. I, I'm, I'm somewhat of a, a veteran on MP3 players, I suppose. I've had um, I, you know, iPods, I've had the iRiver for um, one, I've had uh, Sony's one when they first brought it out, and you know, I've played with this one. And I have to agree with you, for the money, for, like I say, £100, um, and you can find it for about 80 uh, online, it is a really nifty, strong little unit. And it's quite a little posy thing when you flick it out and bring the speakers so you can hear it in the car or whatever. So, yeah, I have to agree with you, Phil. It's, it's a very, very good uh, good gizmo. And uh, if you bought one for the kids at Christmas, I think they'd be very happy. So, talking about Christmas, you may want some inspiration as to what they are the best MP3s out there. So, myself and Seth will give you an idea of what's available and how we rate them. So first of all, Seth, in the same price bracket as the Samsung K5 1GB, which is £100 or under, what else is available out there? Well, the obvious one that's going to be the front-runner for people to buy at Christmas is going to be the iPod Nano. For around about £90, you can get the 2GB version. I'm not 
I have to be the, to be honest, the biggest fan. I I don't like the interface on any of the iPods, and I do own a, a 30 gig video one. Uh, I just find it a little bit Fisher Price, unfortunately. Having said that, they are well built, um, but they are very prone to scratching. So that the first thing you'll want to do is basically put it in a um, a cover to protect it. But you get two gig, and it will only link to iTunes. So everything that you will download to it has to be done through the proprietary software unlike uh, the Samsung which apparently is just USB and just copy it over as though it was a, a big file hard disk and then just play it so from that point of view I, I, I'm siding slightly stronger already on the Samsung because of the ease of use. Yeah I have to agree with you there and um, and the software which comes with the Samsung is very easy to use as well um, for uploading and deleting files which, which are on your player through the USB port. So so the Apple's out there if you like your status symbols, but um, I think we're in complete agreement here that the Samsung wins hands down in the £100 and under bracket. So £100 and over, and you open up quite a bit of the market. So we won't go through everything that is available out there, um, Seth. Let's just discuss the ones which catch our eye and we would highly recommend people to go and addition this Christmas. So first of all, is the Creative Zen players? The Creative Zen is available as a 30 gig unit and you can pick that up on Amazon for about £150. Um, it's very, very similar to the iPod videos. In fact, the user interface is incredibly similar as opposed to a jog dial, which you'll find on the iPods. It has four side buttons and a, a slider in the middle where you can move up and down the screen. Nice little well-built unit. Like I say, it's very similar to the Apple iPod. And if you don't really want to have an Apple in your pocket, then the Creative Zen is a good option. So that's Creative's Zen player. And how can we talk about MP3 players and not talk about the Apple Camp and the iPods? So, Seth, you've had a bit of play about with them. Which ones have caught your eye and which ones are, are worth having a look at? Well, like I said, the iPod Nano is, is just a little bit too small and girly for me, and the size is pretty small. Um, I've, it's one, two, four gigs that um, that you can get. However, if you want to go up to something a bit meatier, you can get the iPod Video, uh, which is available in a 30 gig or even an 80 gig version, and you could be looking at paying for up to, from 170 pounds for the 30 gig version. Like I said, the biggest flaws are that it has. Um, a mirrored back and a very glossy front the first thing you're going to want to do is put it into a, a protective cover interface wise it's the classic um, iPod interface you have the, the touch wheel which allows you to navigate this through the screens unfortunately I, I tend to think of it as very much like, as I've already said Fisher Price um, interface it is very basic it does do the trick but I, I have to be honest, I find on the iPod video that the wheel is just a touch too sensitive. Again, if it's something that you want, as you said earlier, a status symbol because it's sort of the player to have, then the, the 30 gig video is a good buy, the 80 gig if you've got a particularly large collection. However, it wouldn't be my immediate choice personally. So Seth, in £100 and over, which would you choose? Well, I've always been quite partial to the iRiver players, I have to say. I had one ages ago. Um, they are rather nice little units. They're very robust. They're very easy to use. And if you can track one down, they do things such as the H10, which is a 6 gig version for about £120. Or you can get the 
a PMP120, which is a 20 gig media player, and you can pick those up from around about 150. And that has a, a two or three inch screen, and you can watch uh, DivX uh, AVI MPEG movies on that as well. So that's a, a quick look at the world of MP3 players. Uh, we're big fans of MP3 players because you can listen to the AV podcast while commuting backwards and forwards to work. So just to recap, the Samsung K5 gets the AV Forum's Best Buy for under £100 and Seth's recommendation for over £100 is the Creative Zen or the iRiver if you can find one. And that's it for this week's Gadget Review. Brought to you by AV Forums and AVPlay.com. Oh my God, is there nothing you people can't do? This is the AV Podcast. Jason's Gadget of the Week. As regular listeners to this podcast will be aware, I'd like to keep you up to speed with uh, the goings-on behind the scenes of the Gadget Show, which I host uh, on the UK channel 5. For the past couple of weeks now, I've been going robot crazy. Um, I'm allowed to tell you now because um, I may have muted this in a previous podcast, but uh, we had a big robotic Olympics, which I believe was broadcast today. So um, I wasn't able to give you too much information about how it turned out previous to its TX, but now because it's gone out, I can tell you uh, that I was uh, looking after something called the Robonova, which uh, the more techie amongst you will know uh, very well. Uh, my colleague Susie had uh, Robo Sapien, the uh, new RS Media Edition, and John was given the uh, NXT, a robot built uh, by Lego. It's a kind of big Lego brick around which you kind of construct any robot shape you like. Now, I know I've told you all this before on a previous podcast, but what I haven't told you is how I've fallen in love with my Robonova. This thing is incredible. It retails at about £750 for the fully assembled version, or I think you can get a a self-assembly version for about £650. So it's a serious bit of kit. It's essentially made up of a series of of servos, uh, very strong ones. I mean, you know, I've almost taken bits of skin out of my fingers in the last few weeks. I've been trying to manipulate this thing. And it's bipedal, so I've got the software running uh, on Windows XP. I've also got it actually on the... um, I've got dual boot on my on my MacBook. I've got XP on a kind of um, little partition, and I've got it working on that as well. So I'm chuffed because now I can take it with me when I go away and stay in hotel rooms, like I am uh, for the recording of this podcast. And what you do is you use the software to kind of articulate the the robot, the Robonova, using something called Robo Basic, which has kind of taken the robot world by storm because it's made the programming of bipedal robots, which is a you know a seriously complex thing. Uh, quite straightforward. I'll give you an idea. If you wanted to say, do um, a couple of moves from your your favourite Bruce Lee movie, maybe that one where he um, he lifts his leg up and it hovers uh, next to the face of his assailant, and he kind of moves his slipper around, and then come back to full standing. So quite a serious bit of balance required for what is a, a mechanical toy. Not only could, is Robo is Robonova capable of doing that, but it would probably take me now, having worked with the code for about a week now, um, from scratch, about 20 minutes. So um, I'm working currently, here's my grand idea, on a breakdancing routine, because I'm a bit of a breakdancer. And um, I'd like to do a kind of breakdance double act with my Robonova, record it in a, in a, you know, in a studio somewhere with a couple of lights and, and put it up on YouTube. So you heard that here first. This is the first articulation of what is probably one of the worst ideas I've ever had. Um, so I've been working on the arm wave, and that's going quite well. I want to do a kind of Mac- Michael Jackson backwards walk, kind of moonwalk, and then some, uh, some actual breakdance moves, you know. Robonova can do a much better cartwheel than, than you or I 
could, unless of course there's some gymnasts listening to this week's podcast. Uh, he can do handstands, headstands. So he is, you know, as far as I'm concerned, more than capable of keeping up with my breakdance skills. So I reckon that should be quite fun. But what I think really I should round up with is a statement about how this has made me feel about technology. There's something on my website that I call Future Perfect Moment uh, on my blog. Um, I've done about 12 of these things. If something hits me as a kind of vision of the future, if I feel that we've arrived at a place that I only dreamt of and, um, until that moment, that's a, an FPM or a future perfect moment. And uh, suffice it to say, cracking open Robo Nova from his little polystyrene box, plugging him into my PC, and then getting, getting him to do a little um, uh, kung fu routine in front of my, my 20-month-old daughter was, you know, for real, a future perfect moment. My daughter now points at the, the mantelpiece where Robonova sits and she wants him, she wants me to get him down when she's, when she's eating a breakfast and do a kind of, um, you know, mid-morning aerobic session with her. For her, it's completely normal to be uh, entertained by a robot and that's why I think I'm so taken with this technology. One more point before I go. Look up on the web something called Robo One. It's a style of competition that's becoming very duriger uh, in South Korea and Japan. It's basically their version of Robot Wars. It's got its own set of discrete rules, but it only involves bipedal robots. Okay, and some of these machines that these guys who are way more intelligent than I could ever hope to be, um, some of the things they get them to do are truly remarkable. Serious kung fu fighting. It's got to be seen to be believed. You'll find it on Google. You'll definitely find it on YouTube. That's it from behind the scenes at the Gadget Show. It's more than just stuff. I would deem it excellent. This is the AV Podcast. And that rounds up the hardware edition of this week's podcast. Don't forget to download the Movies and Games edition for the biggest blockbuster DVD and HD reviews and news, as well as a special James Bond-flavoured roundtable discussion. This is Jason Bradbury saying thanks for listening, stay subscribed, and tell your friends. The AV Podcast was presented by Jason Bradbury and Phil Hinton. The audiovisual news was written by John Archer. Original music by Andrew Bassett and Richard Cosgrove. The AV Player Review Team were Chris McAnini, Kaz Harlow, Simon Crust and Seth Gecko. The gaming news and reviews were presented by Ian Collin and Seth Gecko. The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content including sound clips and music is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Forums Podcast is copyright M2M Limited.